Holy shit. It's me. I'm live. I guess we're doing another movie review. So let me invite the old cage man in here. Let me invite the old, the old Kalen in. Let me get him on in here. Did that invite stand? There he is. Did he get invite? Did he get invite? In get invited to the room. Let me. Oh, would you look at that? It's my co-host. What are we calling this show now? Did you see that? Did you? What are we calling it? Uh, hey, did you see this one? Hey, did you see this one? Hey, did you see this one? Episode seven. Episode seven. We've done it. Seven already. Oh yeah, man. We've been doing this for a minute now. It's only been a week since our last episode. I figured after the glowing success of last week, we would just hit hit them hit them where it hurt with more goodness. Oh, it hurts so good. We watched the 1955 James Dean classic, Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, squinty-eyed. It was, he is the epitome of the meme that's like, <laughs> uh, he, James Dean is like freakishly good looking. Like he's like, like he, there's like handsome people, you know, and then he goes to like, keeps going to like kind of weird looking handsome and voice is fucking weird. I'm a fan. I, I have a man crush on him. Uh, I don't know about freakish. I mean, maybe at the time. I think for the time, his his looks were ahead of their time. I also find it hilarious that he's probably twenty five or twenty six in this movie, and he's playing a. They never say his age. He's twenty four. They never say his age, but he's supposed to be under under eighteen. Yeah, he's like yeah, second like seventeen. Yeah, he's in he's in school. Yeah. So. Before we get to the movie, how was your week, Kalen? Uh, I was a dad last night. Yeah, you said something about that last last time. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so my week good, thank you. Uh, still alive, uh, still employed, and um, I got a little I got a little role on a T show called These Woods Are Haunted, where I play Hannah's dad. Cool. Um, it wasn't my strong suit, but you know I'll take what I can get, and hopefully it leads to other things. Where can we watch that show? When does it air? Is it a, is it a web series? Is it a... I think it's a Discovery Channel sh- uh, show production or something. Uh, it'll probably be a few months. And you can like, you can definitely YouTube some of the, the episodes. It, pr- it probably has its own website. I <laughs> I really, I mean, even though I, I got a pardon, I really don't know that much about it. And then after checking out like one of the episodes on YouTube, it's not really my style of show that I would watch. Nothing against, you know, those involved or whatever. Um, no, it's like, a, it's like a, I don't even really know how to explain it. I call it, it I, I, the, the words that came to mind were a parody docu, where it's like, it's like, it's almost like a Blair Witch Project kind of thing, sort of. Uh, a, a parody docu-series is also known as a mockumentary. Oh, okay. Maybe that's, there you go. That's much cool. like, much like, you know, Spinal Tap, uh, much like The Office. I would consider a mockumentary. Yeah, the opposite of mockumentary. That's not the right word for it. That um, because it's not in the the real world of the characters. It's not a joke. Right. Oh, okay. And it's like it's like it's like these. It's like interviewing these. Well, so the episode that I saw online was like they interviewed these guys who like saw Bigfoot or something, and then they okay. cut, <laughs> yeah, and then they cut to scenes of like. You know, spooky, you know, element scenes or whatever kind of thing. So it's like, um, maybe like a parody of Ghost Hunters kind of shows. Maybe. 
I'm not, but uh, I'm not is the right word because I think they're trying to be. So it's like a, it's, it's a drama, but it's like shot like a mockumentary. No, I, you know what? I, I take it back. It's not, it's not shot. Uh, maybe, no, I don't know. I don't think it's shot like a mockumentary. Did you do a talking head where you were like, I don't know what to think? No, not, not my character. So my, I was just, Anna, like, Anna's dad was like, or sorry, Anna was like the main character of the episode or whatever. And so I was just playing her dad. And then, so I was in like some of the scenes like that they cut to for the story that she tells. Okay. So I don't, I don't like whatever you want to call that. I don't know. And we, you know, we were, we were in the woods. We were supposed to be scared of, you know, things that were in the woods. Were you scared for reals? Uh, no, I was not scared for real. And I don't jet like in my real, real life. I don't risk scared easily. Like the, there's not very much that I'm scared of per se. Okay. And uh, so it was kind of hard to draw realism or whatever. But at the same time, <laughs> the director guy was like, you know, you're kind of like nonchalant, don't really believe, you know, that there's actually anything there. So like, I, wa- I wasn't, you know, I-, I wasn't trying to dial up. I was like maybe around a four or a five or something, concerned or, or alarm or whatever. That's interesting. I'll have to check that show out. Seems, uh, seems interesting, but you say it's not really your kind of show, so... It, it's the no because it it no <laughs> it, it's because it's it's like I, I mean i already know like tvs are fake what like <laughs> see next thing you're gonna tell me is professional wrestling space it's very it's a very beautiful dance how was your week sir <laughs> um i had a lovely week of work uh we recorded the season finale of bluff somebody on Wednesday, um, I went for a nice long walk last night and got stoned up in the in the old ravine. You got the, the what? You got stoned? Yeah, I got stoned in the ravine. We have a ravine pretty close by. Yeah. So in the summertime, I walk in there. <laughs> what? <laughs> I walk through there and smoke a little of that legal gange, and uh, it's it's nice. Um, it was just to say it's you know. You guys are feeling it now in Halifax. We've been in the perpetual lockdown for quite some time. So I've been living that Groundhog Day pretty much all winter. And now that it's warmed up, I can get out. I can get out onto the uh, the old streets and pound the pavement and fuck around uh, a bit. But it's been, I've been 15 months of just like my apartment, basically. We had a barbecue today. That was cool. Made a barbecue today. Nice steak, chicken. Got steak, steak, chorizo. Made a chorizo sausage. Uh, some garlic and onion potatoes. Very nice. So let's talk about let's talk about Rebel Without a Cause, directed by Nicholas Ray, based on a play, as it's as it appears to say at the beginning of the movie. Um, I did some research on this movie. I didn't. I took pretty extensive notes. I didn't uh, do much research. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia right now. I thought this, uh, compared to movies of today, yeah, this wasn't too much different. Like uh, as far as teen co- like teen dramas go, it reminded me the part later in the movie where it's the three of them in the like abandoned mansion reminded yeah. me of the uh, Breakfast Club sort yeah. of vibe. Um, I thought James Dean was actually a fucking pretty phenomenal actor. I always kind of thought he was a ham and he was just like a, like a pretty boy, but you've never character. Ah. but I've never seen anything. And at this, I didn't know that this was this movie. I thought this was, isn't, doesn't he do like a biker movie at one point? There's so he's got three 
three movies, and so I have all three. And uh, the first one was Beast of Eden, and you got to check that one because that one, awesome, phenomenal, awesome. Um, kind of like a, another kind of like teen drama kind of thing or whatever. This was the second one, and he only was able to do like he was supposed to do. So the third movie that he did is called Giant, and the scheduling for that one, he wasn't going to be able to do this one. But then the actress in that one got pregnant, so that one got postponed, and so he was able to do this one. So he did like this within a year, and then died, and like uh, a month before this month, this one came out, and, uh, and you know the rest is uh, his. Dude, he would have been. I'm sure this has been talked about to death, but he would have been a crazy star in the '60s, like cra- like crazy. It, he is so good in this movie. Wait. And not in like, not in like a full on like. It's really subtle. It's not like obviously this guy's a good actor. It's it's one of those like he he, he makes these really subtle choices that are unlike. It's kind of like um kind of like uh, what's his face from uh, Psycho, Jason or um. No 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 not American Psycho. Uh, who's the actor? Andy Perkins plays Norman Bates. Psycho. Ma- what? I think Miss Vaughn plays. The- the remake yeah there's uh there's like sequels too that are canon to the original psycho with other i don't know if anthony perkins reprises his role but anthony perkins if you watch his his acting in the original psycho it's very um nuanced and it's very ahead of his time he looked like an actor plucked out of time and sent back to the 1960s and i thought that uh i thought that um uh james dean had that vibe going also, Natalie Wood had that going for her too. She was kind of wooden, just kind of like whatever as an actor. Yeah, she seemed like a more like she seemed like a modern actor. I also um, does this movie exist in black and white, or is it always color? So the movie was supposed to be made in black and white, and they shot I think two or three scenes. Um, but there was so one of the the main um, the main uh, what's where I went for. The main reason or the main you know reason that they say anyway for it being in color is that um i actually have it written down somewhere what's called panoscope or whatever it's called it's, pan- it's panorama or panoscope yeah it's not technicolor it's technical cinescope so cinescope has a, a clause or whatever in his contract that it's if you use their film you have to shoot in color so yeah. there there was one or two other rumors about the reason for it but that's like the is that it was it was like they were contractually obligated to do it and um and then because so i guess originally he was wearing like not that you could tell in black and white but because like originally his jacket was like a brown suede or leather or something like that but then they they had to do it in color and then you get the infamous red to you punched it up yeah they punched it up into red because that red is very vibrant oh yeah yeah and all the kids all the kids were wearing them and it's iconic at this point as well yeah exactly um because i picture like the cover of Rebel Without a Cause, where he's standing, pointing with like the cigarette in his hand. Yeah. Doing this with his hand. It, that's what, when I think of James Dean, I think of that. Yeah. Um, I also picture him riding a motorcycle he, in he, black and white. Personal life. His personal life, he was like, a, he got into this or whatever. Like, that's how he died. Well, so he died. Uh, I'm pretty sure the story was he left. I'm pretty sure he was just wrapping up on the V Giant and he's speeding down the highway to go to a race, I think it was. And someone turned left um, when they shouldn't, well, you know, as the story goes, they turned left when, you know, you know, 
you know, person going straight gets the right of way or whatever, right? And to be fair, it was, it was the 1950s and there were no traffic laws. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's weird how like things in the past, because, you know, you're just thinking about it. So it's like you're living now. And so you just kind of associate with now. Yeah. But, uh, uh, seatbelts weren't invented until like the 70s. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and I saw a video, I saw a video of a Canadian being asked about it. And they were like, you don't have to, I don't want to put a, I don't want to put a seatbelt on. I get a doctor's note and it's the same thing. It's masks right now, you know? Seatbelts? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Nice. The same, the same thing happened in Canada when seatbelts were rolled out. Uh, when the laws started to come in, they're like, you can't make me do it. I'm not going to wear a seatbelt. Just because like of my masks. Yeah, exactly. You can't tell me what to do. Keep your laws off my body. <laughs> That's not, no. that's a little different, but, uh, yeah, so Natalie Wood, as I was, I just wanted to finish my thought on her. She reminded me a lot of Mila Kunis. Uh, she's the one from that 70s show, right? Yeah. Why do you say that? Just like she looked like her and kind of sounded like her. Looked like her? Kinda. No. Kind of sounded like her. Like a night, like a 1950s version of Mila Kunis. Man, Mila, uh, like 1970 person, like 70s girl, like. Her, that's true. Her, I don't, I don't see it. Okay, fair enough. Do you think George? Uh, do you think uh, what's his name? Who wrote The Breakfast Club? Howard, not Howard Hughes. <laughs> One second here. John Hughes. John Hughes. Do you think John Hughes took a lot of uh, a lot of inspiration from this movie? Because the thing about his movies is they're always like fun family comedies or teen dramas or teen comedies, but they always have a message. And at the end of the day, the message of this movie is teenagers go through a lot of shit anyway uh but their home life is the extension of that it is where the the, the starts and end yeah and these three people these three people that kind of come together we don't actually get to see what buzz's life is like well you i assume it's shit uh the goon crunch or whatever those guys are his lackeys yeah one of them's played by dennis hopper i don't know if you noticed that oh i noticed it and i got plenty of stories for you when we get to that part but go on. okay cool um, when they, when they kind of come, the three of them kind of come together, I realize that these three people all have fucked up home lives. Uh, James Dean is kind of, he's kind of like a fixated, he's angsty, he's fixated on like real first world problemy things like, oh, my dad's a pushover, my mom's a bitch. Like, whatever, that's, <laughs> that's not that big a deal. When you compare it to Natalie Wood has a real incestuous, uh, uh, relationship with her father yeah, that I don't think it's. I don't think it's meant to be in theft. I think it's meant to be like, she won't grow up and he's like, it's gross, but she can't see that because she's mentally like a, uh, like, a, a what's not just Don Draper's wife. who's like a baby in her head. Uh, oh, that sounds familiar. You know, from Mad Men sucking in what's her face's character, yeah, Betty Draper, I don't Betty Draper. Betty Draper is like, a, she never aged past 12 inside of her head. And she acts like it. Like she kind of has like a weird thing with a kid, you know, and she can't like wrap her head around like basic shit. And I feel like Matt, uh, Judy has this same problem. And then when you get to Plato or John, he's like, his parents are just gone. Like he's, he's a rich kid. His parents have bounced completely. Yeah. Well, so I wrote down, they all have daddy. So, oh yeah. His dad left, I guess, like he was still with his mom, but she was always on trips or whatever uh natalie um like yeah like she's still like she it definitely had a weird incestuous vibe 
or whatever, uh, pissing and shit. Like, oh, how come we don't do it anymore or whatever? It's like, oh, you're too old for that. It's like he's a pedophile or some shit. Um, but like, I think you're right. I think it, I don't think that was actually the underlying uh, what they were trying to get across. But yeah, this like I said, like a young girl who you know loves her dad or whatever, and they used to be more um, um, like compassionate or whatever. And then now she's getting older, and it's time for her to grow up and stop doing that kitty stuff or whatever kind of thing. And, and what really, what really underlined it for me in that moment was when her her brother Bo jumped up on the sun flap. He was being like playful and giving him a kiss and being like very fatherly, and she got visibly jealous. That's what made me go, oh, it's not some weird shit the director was trying to, or the writer, or the screen playwriter was trying to get in there about incest. Yeah, It was that she hasn't aged up to 16 years old yet. She's still like 12, and daddy's a little girl. Little girl, yeah, exactly. And then yeah. Jake Keen uh, wants his dad to stick up for himself and stop being like a little pussy or whatever. And uh, yeah, so they all, like I, I just wrote down, they all have daddy issues. Hey, that's... That works. Uh, I think that the, my problem with Jim's character, like, he's only angsty because he's 16. Like, that's the same angst that I had when I was 16. He, well, actually, I guess he caused problems in the last, like, town or whatever, but they're new to this town. It's uh, right around Easter, whatever that is, or something. So they're new to this town. He's the new kid, and he's like, he wants to try and fit in with the cool kids. Yeah. And, like, he makes, you know, makes the sounds during the, um, uh, the planetarium. Well, that's see what I what I notice with that is when he leaves for school on that first day, his dad kind of gives him a speech that's like, "Don't let your friends pick you, pick your friends." Yeah, and that sort of lies with the whole idea that like you can't pick your friends. You know, you you, you fall in with who you're going to fall in with. Yeah. But before he actually starts to pursue that group of street tests, I kept referring to them in my notes. <laughs> he. That Plato finds him first. Plato finds him, and he fucking is like, "Yo, yo, dude, stay away from them. They're bad news." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He literally meets the street toughs before Plato because he walks outside, and then he meets Judy, and then he she goes with the boys. They yeah, drive off, action. and they troll him. Yeah, it's like the world's first trolling. Yeah. <laughs> it's that way. It's that way. It's that way. Um, but he, but you can see it's all very playful. And that like weird knife fight is the like. At, do you want to just like go through the movie? The, do yeah okay yeah let's start let's start from the beginning then we'll go yeah uh, yeah what kind of uh, what kind of format do you want for this? Well, we have a half hour, so we've kind of jumped all over the place, but we haven't gotten into it. There's a lot of stuff that happens in each scene. This mo movie has a lot of content, and when you when you said let's do this movie, I was like, movies from the 1950s are an are 70 minutes. But this fucking movie is an hour and fifty minute runtime, and the credit, the credits are at the beginning, and then there's no real like end credits. Just as the end, because the way movies were structured back then. I don't so like credits over full space or like over a scene or whatever. But there wasn't really a scene; it was just him wasted. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like yo, middle of the night, drunk, you know, stumbling home and finds a little toy monkey to play with, and then you know the way that they they bring it back. He tucks in the monkey with like the little like newspaper or whatever there. He's tucked in because he's like, he almost has paternal instincts or whatever, right? Like he, he's trying to, he wants his father to stand up, but like, and you know, he wants a dad to look up to, but that, and he also demonstrates like, you know, those paternal instincts as well for others, yep. like for Plato as well. Well, that's why Plato clings to him because Plato doesn't have that figure. He even says to 
posted Judy at one point. He's like, you know, me and him are best. He's my best friend. You know, he's kind of like my my dad figure. Obi, well, he doesn't say that, but he's like, Obi takes me hunting and fishing this summer. Yeah. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we're yeah. as, we're you're 15 or 16. Like that's like, what are you taught? What? And then he keeps going on and on. And then later, you know, he even tucks him in. Yeah. In the mansion. Yeah. But just okay. So we've covered. We start with we start with him drunk and passed out. They the cops pick him up. Then we're in the movie. Yeah. John's there. Uh, Judy's there, and they're all there. So they've all been taken in for different reasons. John fucking is a psycho. Yeah. He's got the puppies. puppies. That's played out. Yeah. Also, also when he's talking to the officer or whatever, he's like, my, I think he said, uh, my friends call me Play-Doh or people call me Play-Doh or something like that. I forget the, how exactly he said I'm Play-Doh. Like, who are you talking about? Like, you don't hang out with anyone. Who called? Like, you just make, you gave yourself a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only person you have is me and I'm, I'm the housekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's the 50s and I'm black. So <laughs> I got my own shit to deal with right now, kids. <laughs> Judy gets um, walking the streets, which made me laugh. Yeah, and they keep trying to be like, were you out there looking for a friend looking yeah, for yeah. some company? And she's yeah. like, no, I just need to get out of the house. My mom's being a bitch, and I want to bang my dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's not... We've already gone over why that's not what happened. But still... But about it. it's still fun. It, incest is one of those rare bad jokes that still toe the line a bit. That probably um, No. That's in. We're going to take away our incest joke, but AIDS is almost funny. So you know what? Helpful. Yeah, but Jared, he's got his AIDS with him. Um. But yes. Okay. Uh, to the top state. That's where we meet our three main characters. Yep. Um. I like when Jim is pulled into the office and he's humming "Flight of the Valkyries" while they're like trying to like explain to the cop that like it's fine he he just you know i used to go out and party when i was a kid but the cop ray he's very straight laced and very chill about all of it except for he's just like yeah he i really like that he takes jim like we'll get to it but he takes jim aside and he's like you can come talk to me about any of this stuff because the dad he's not a reliable person and then the mom is influenced clearly by i assume her mother I assume the grandmother is her mother because th- there's like a hierarchy in that household. Yeah, that it's a trickle down, and we see that we see that the next morning. Uh, but just to finish out this scene, um, the cop, the uh, sorry, I lost my spot here. She also left. Uh, Judy left behind a little. By the end of it, I think it was a cig- hey, cigarette case. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not too sure what it was. Yeah, I wrote it down as a wallet, but women didn't have wallets in the fifties. That's for sure. I thought it was a notebook. Yeah, but I think it was a cigarette holder. I thought it was a makeup thing. Okay. Um, we also get a full-on You're Tearing Me Apart, which Tommy Wiseau would go on to famously Jack because yeah. he loved James Dean so much. Oh, yeah. Now you can see why. Yeah, I can. But the context behind that now is like James Dean has three movies and Tommy Wiseau trying to make a whole film career out of that. It's insanity. We're going to have to do, maybe we don't do the room, but we find something else Tommy Boy so to do because I can't sit through that movie again. I still haven't watched it. I watched Disaster Artist, which was awesome. I haven't watched the, I feel like I want to watch it with someone. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No? In that case, I'd be willing to watch it again. Okay. Well, I mean, well, I would be, because it's a rare situation where I've seen a movie and you haven't. 
You never like you always you've seen every fucking movie that we talk about. So I'm the one that's getting an education from you. And when we could the one time that we were like, let's watch a movie, neither of us have seen it was like it wasn't a disaster, but we were both bored. Yeah, it didn't uh, it didn't work out the best. I would go on to like, I love that movie. I watched it again, and I I definitely like it better. But in the time in that era, hadn't really gotten this figured out either. Like we hadn't really gotten it together to to to, to do this format. But yeah. So anyway, Eels, <laughs> you're tearing me apart, which was fucking incredible. Uh, this is where I noticed that he looks like he's thirty years old, playing sixteen. Yeah. He fucking has crow's feet. He's got like he's got one of these uh, expression foreheads. Yeah. Um. So the then Ray takes him away from his parents into another room, and Jim fucking hauls off and takes a swing at the cop. The cop misses narrowly. No, uh, not not narrowly at all. He, yeah, he moved him. <laughs> he's like, if you're mad, hit this desk, punch this desk, give her. He punches the desk a bunch, then kind of chills out a bit. And that's when I cut back now, but that used to be my thing. And I think, I don't even think I saw this that time or whatever. Like when I would get angry, I would like punch walls or whatever and shit. Fuck up my hand. And then cut, uh, Kid Cuddy had a line about it in one of his songs. Like, oh man, these guys know what I'm talking about. I'm not crazy. We all have shared some. I knew what you were talking about too. We used to talk about the way we worked at uh, Boston Pizza and we were super pissed. Yeah. I had a bone fragment floating in my in my knuckle for years because i would go i would get pissed off after a after a shift after a rush i would go outside and punch the hardest thing i could find because pain made it well i'm i've never really been like that it was because pain made the rage go down a little bit for some reason that's true that's true um i used to go into the walk-in fridge and just punch holes in boxes too yeah when i was raging uh, which I assume you did as well because we had to go into the same walk-in. Yeah. Um, I, stole, I stole meatballs once in a while. Whenever there was a fresh batch of meatball. Awesome. <laughs> Before that job, I worked at Boston Pizza and we would go to reflections and party until the bar, the bar closed. And the like the opening prep person would already be working. Yeah. And we would, go, we would go into Boston Pizza and fire up the oven and cook a bunch of shit. Yeah, there are no cameras and cook yeah. a bunch of stuff and then bounce. It was awesome. It was incredible. It was incredible. Um, there's no way that I can get fucked over for admitting that, right? <laughs> I, well, I was just thinking, how does um, how does uh, what's the statute? It's like 25 years. <laughs> so, we haven't hit it yet, but it's not really even a it's not really even a crime. Somebody let me in to a place I worked 15 years ago. I mean, you would have. Uh, I don't know. Crime sounds like a strong word. Yeah, but like, yeah. Can you incriminate? Let's say yourself. After did you get in trouble? Yeah, if I killed somebody four years ago, and I was like, I killed that guy. I would go to jail. Well, I mean, that sounds a little serious. But like, when if I said right now, I, I was just from a retail place. No, I think you, there's no unless that place cho- heard that and chose to sue me. Put charges. Yeah. Yeah. Prosecute you. Yeah. Um, but when we make it big, I'll pay all you guys back. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, pretty sure HMV has gone out of business for no, no, years at this point. But oh boy, is your buddy worked there? Fucking, I love TV. And I used to, so this is how I came through the, I'm pretty sure this is how I came about this. I first saw the James Franco movie, James Dean. And yeah. 
because I had a man crush on James Franco, and I was like, oh, like, and I've heard James D before. I'm like, let's check this out. And James Franco is awesome. He's kind of like another James. And, oh, yeah. Like, in real, like, just literally, like, as an actor or whatever. And uh, and then, so, in that movie, like, it, it shows, like, some of the different movies he did. And I'm like, oh, man, those look dope. So I bought the actual, and uh, I'm like, shit, now I realize why it was uh, such a, you know, uh, He's, uh, unfortunately, James Franco has a penchant for underage girls. And Seth Rogen is said to never work. What? When did yeah. that happen? Well, I think it came out a few years ago. Uh, but now with can- people getting canceled all the time, Seth Rogen has said, I'm not, I'm done working with James Franco, which sucks because they're one of those epic duos in film. I, um, yeah. I think both, I think both apply here. While life cut. Well, what in the states though isn't it eighteen or something? It's like each state is different. Okay. Yeah, I mean, some I find that weird. Anyway, I mean, I like and so I'm not going to get in trouble with that. But uh, I like age-appropriate women. Also, I'm married, <laughs> and I've never, I, I've never tried to date anybody that was more than a couple of years. That's the thing, right? Like, I don't know. I I don't know the like the what the what the whole story is, but that, I'm sorry to hear that. How's Maddie doing? She's good. I don't know if you can see her. I can't. There we are. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, the next scene um, is the part where James is saying that he's telling Ray that the cop is or that his dad is too nice, um, and he's like, you know, my dad should give her a good smack. <laughs> but the thing is, I, I took that, that. I took I took that as a total metaphor. I didn't take that as like a literal punch, even though I know it was because it was the fifties and that sort of. How you dealt with your women? <laughs> but um, Madison didn't like that. Um, <laughs> These are just jokes. These are just jokes for the live. We're, they, we're, we're playing characters. I know. She knows. Uh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. He says you should give her. Uh, you should just. Uh, I have it ran somewhere, actually. One second. One second. Uh, blah, blah, blah. La, la, la. Company. Daddy is siren. Uh, daddy issues. Tear me apart. Uh, your wife to make her happy and stop picking on. Yeah, yeah, okay. Which fuck. So anyway, the cop gets kind of gets through to him and says, "You gotta, you know, you can come see me anytime. I know home life sucks, but home life's a drag. And you just got to deal." So the next day, Jim sees his girl. It's the first day of school, but fuck that grandmother because it's clear that she influences the mom to be a bitch to the dad. Right. It's that old trope where. The grandmother takes credit for things, is constantly correcting the mom, lives with them, um, and the dad is not even... Okay. The other reason I bring her up in that way, though, is because there's a painting of her... That he kicks, yeah. That he kicks. And that wasn't wasn't put in the movie just for, like, a fun little moment. That was put in there to, to hit home that this grandmother is causing all the turmoil in this household. Because the mom is constantly crying and mad. And the dad is constantly like, he's clearly been beaten down for years and years. That, that's the vibe I got. Yeah. So um, they're going to take a trip to, we already talked about how they trolled trolled him. Uh, we get to the school. He's, he's, that, well, I talked to her, offers driver to school or whatever. She's going with little kids. Hey, where's, you know, the school or the street or whatever it is? This way, this way. No, it's this way, this way. We all have a good laugh. He's still so he finds his way to school. And yeah. like, it's a terrible foul by walking <laughs> crest. 
I thought that kid was going to come back. I thought he was a teacher, but because everybody, I can't tell the ages of anybody in <laughs> movie. But he was clearly just the nerdy kid who was just like, don't you do that. Because he didn't, it didn't feel like aggressive. It just felt like he wanted to follow the rules and he looked very, very dweeby. Um, and then he sees the puppy killer uh, and they have a little bit of a moment at the locker, I think. I think that was that moment where he's like combing his hair and he's out of. Out of I noticed that. <laughs> so, on rewatching, and I don't think there's anything ever like officially like stated about it, but like there are like underlying tones of like, um, you know, addressing homosexuality or whatever and shit like that. Which, and I, they couldn't really be full on with it yeah. this time, but the, the father son thing was kind of the, their way of skirting it a bit. Yeah. There was rampant homosexuality going on in, in 1950s Hollywood. I wouldn't be surprised if James Dean was actually a, a gay man. You know what I mean? Well, like the story. Well, if anything, he might be bisexual or whatever, because I guess he had a grown like that. Um, but that could just be like a beard. <laughs> right. There was some there's some stuff in that James Dean movie that addresses that. Right. Maybe we should watch that fucking movie. I, I was going to mention it. It might. I well, I, maybe not right after the one though. But I'm definitely in all the movies that were. I hope we watch and review. Um, that'll be one of. But yeah. no, apparently the at the very flirted with some, you know, some executives or whatever to like get a, you know, get ahead in, in his career or whatever. Yeah, to give some head to get ahead at Hollywood. Am I yeah, out? Exactly. There's a, there's a show on Netflix. I'm not sure it's still on there. I forget what it's called now, but it's. The, yeah, the Ryan Murphy show. I think it's called Hollywood. Yeah. Is that, is that it's good. Yeah. I watched the first uh, two episodes before I. The problem with Ryan Murphy is it always starts with a great idea and then he just gets too, he gets so fucking weird. Like I watched American Horror Story for many seasons and the longer it goes on, the more they get to the weirdness early in the first couple of seasons. It takes about, you know, the last act of the series to kind of get to the, what what are you talking about? By, by the time you get to the new seasons of that show, it just gets weird immediately. And it's too like, I'm not gay. So there's some stuff that probably goes over my head or like doesn't it doesn't it's not comfortable for me and it's not educational yeah it's just similar people that are in the lgp lgbtq plus community yeah. it, i might be wrong I, you know i might i might be biased i think i don't know if that's ignorant to say well i know you well you might ignorant you could be ignorant just in the sense that you don't know not ignorant is like oh it's a shit for now yeah. you just yeah yeah so now we get to the planetarium scene planetarium sequence which is basically the whole second act <laughs> they're making jokes yeah they're in the the planetarium scene i want to say i want to say is probably the best special effect i've seen in a movie before like 1970 oh what the swirly thing the swirly shit the like the like how it like it rises up and climaxes and everybody's like kind of scared like i bet i bet in the 50s um i'll get to this more when we get to the chicken scene but the the chicky run the chicky run uh there was nothing to do there was there was nothing to do the the we have the internet now we have video games they had the drive-in and telephone and radio and that's it i, I think they had a hoop stick as well i think they had a hoop and a stick i think they had a can we kick yeah <laughs> i they had pog they had pog in the 40s and 50s because it was milk caps yeah so there you go um but so, so 
area the cool kids so the cool kids that make like a, they crack a joke about the constellation or whatever and then so you know jimmy you know hearing this and wanting to try and you know impress them you know uh then he does the move thing for the that that um uh constellation or whatever it was that comes well, with chorus yeah. yeah and then that ticks off it's like who the fuck is this guy yeah and i always thought though buzz was kind of into it i think buzz was like he he's he's the leader he's got to keep up appearances he might been a little bit like he might feel a little bit intimidated by by the new kid in town who's also like a handsome tough guy yeah so um, about that much more. but it never felt like they don't like outward they don't gang beat him up like no. what usually happens in a movie with the new kid coming to town no, so he's like hard. immediately want to initiate him yeah into their gang yeah and that's sort of what happened they they so you you think it's going to get real bad they because oh, remember at the cliff he says i like you he's like well what yeah. gotta, like, gotta do something and that's another that's exactly what i'm i want to get to after we get to this yeah. so they he goes outside he's sitting with with plato plato's just like gushing at how he how much he wants to like go party with this dude in this abandoned mansion jim's like eh, i don't know if that's my scene then the whole group the two goons come dennis hopper's name is literally goon in this movie which i thought was great um or on that the, the, he looks a lot taller in this too. I don't know if it's like he just he looked really tall. Look, he looked like a good looking guy back in the day. Yeah, I agree. I was I noticed that as well. He he was like he's really clean cut. He could play a villain or a hero, I think. Yeah. But two lagoons come and see him, and they go back and tell the rest. And the whole group comes down, and they swarm around Jim's car and fucking stab the tire, which was a little bit extra. She have smashed a window or done something like world at last like in that place. Expensive. I feel like it would be hard to replace. Yeah, I guess. The the I guess what happens too is Jim goes down the stairs. He's keeping it cool. He opens the trunk like he's gonna like replace the tire. When they stabbed the tire, did you like how exhaled as well? He was like like that. I didn't notice that. That's good. That's good cinematography. Like that's good writing. Yeah. That also Jim apparently had a lot of um a lot of like control or like a lot of say in, in this movie. Um, as far as like, cause like, uh, as far as like him and the relationship he had with director and, uh, he would take over scenes sort of, so to speak. But anyway, so yeah, plunger's a tire. So then Jim's keeping it cool. Fucking Buzz calls him a chicken. And the reason they're in this new town is because they had to leave because he fucked up some kid for calling him a chicken. Yeah. Like, oh, you fucking call me a chicken. And Buzz is like, fine. If you're not a chicken, check this out. Pulls out a switchblade. And he's like, he's like, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take some swipes at you but i'm gonna give you a knife too and you're gonna take some swipes at me you're not gonna we're not gonna stick each other you're going to basically spar with yeah. with switchblades we're gonna have a sword fight like yeah. like two like a fencing that two rapiers sword fight like this was total swashbuckling action i thought i thought this was like this was like the the cinematic equivalent of like a big scene in a play in a pirate play where two pirates go at it with rapiers. I didn't think of that, but I like that. That's that's good. I like that. It was, this movie is very, like, it's clearly based off a of play. It's very big. All their movements are very big. All the all the lines are very, very well written. It's not like dial. The dialogue doesn't feel like in modern movies where it's two people talking to each other. But yeah. It's all very drenched in metaphor. Yeah, yeah. There's, so there were... There was a book. There were two kind of main inspiration. Well, there was two 
Um, so there's a book written by, I think it was a doctor or something was like studying some criminal kid, psychopath or whatever, which was like the main bulk of, or not the main bulk of the story, but like kind of gave the inspiration of, you know, troubled youth kind of thing. And then there was the, I'm pretty sure it was the director. He wrote something where it talked about, um, uh, racing each other and the first person to, um, you know, move the chicken or whatever. First person like turn out of the way. And then there's also a bit of inspiration almost from Romeo and Juliet with yeah. like worlds kind of thing. Um, and then a little bit of like a Peter Pan, like never, never land, like not wanting to grow up or like, you know, just like the child innocence kind of thing. Yeah. And the, uh, the chicken thing, speaking of Ryan Murphy in the first season, um, there's a ghost who's played by, uh, the, what's his face? Um, he's in every, he plays the, Please, it's Quicksilver from X Men. Yeah, with the rest of whatever. No, one. not not in the Avengers, not in the MCU, in the X Men oh. movies. Yeah, the other one. Uh, Ethan, uh, like I never remember his fucking name. I don't look like the guy from. Mm. Yeah, uh, Evan Peters. Um, Evan Peters dies in a, in one of those situations. It's like either they're playing the chicken where you go at each other, or the off the cliff chicken. Yeah, and that's sort of his. He's tethered to the earth because of that and i and i kept thinking about that because this version of chicken he gets there he's like we're gonna play chicken he says the line you say where it's like what else is there to do there's literally nothing else to do but fucking risk your life <laughs> someone get get, get the playstation 5 seriously get them a fuck invent pong 20 years previously so they don't drive off a cliff anyway they do the chicken thing fucking uh jim bales no problem but buzz get the so now the thing, I'm pretty sure was going with Buzz, right? That's yeah, that's good vibe. But she also was like, like so when they're at the car, for example, she was like, you know, posing like kind of like flirting with them or whatever, right? Like trying to give off that vibe. I'm like, are you with this guy? Like, why are you trying to show off to this guy? And then so and then they do the they're, they're doing the chicky run. She goes up to Buzz or whatever, hooks him up with the dirt, and, and then it's crazy. That's the scene that's on my television right now. Me too. Oh, nice. When did you start? When did you start? Just like a couple minutes before yeah. we started. I did what we did last week where I put on uh, so I could look over and if I forgot what we were talking about, I'd be able to look. Nice. That's a good idea. It's lined up almost perfectly with where we're at in the movie. He's like, let's do though. And she's like, what? Like some dirt. And he does like his weird little thing. But yeah, so then the chicky run. And, uh, but, but Jim makes it. Jim makes it no problem. He jumps out. They do it. They did a weird special effect where he duck and rolls. Clearly, they had it slowed down to like, yeah. you know, they but then they sped it, it up and it, it but it looks really cool. It looks really good. Uh, even though when they're driving, it's clearly, a, it's clearly green screen or whatever, blue screen, whatever they used back then. Or, or literally just like, <laughs> like, no, when they're driving, the background is oh. probably just two cars on a track that are just being like pushed backwards and forwards like this. Yeah. And then they didn't have green screen technology. They had literally you just have like a big uh, like like sheet with the painting of the background on it that was just going around on two spools. So anyway, fucking Buzz gets his jacket caught on the door. He can't get out. The two cars go over. Wait. They're stolen cars. We forgot to point that out. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna say when you get his jacket stuck on the door, like when they show it from from his point of view, like you can see like the loop of the thing and his things there. But then when they show it looking up at him from like behind the steering wheel, he has that hand that's stuck 
on this wheel, like over a year, and then he's trying to do this over a year. But anyway, my biggest, my biggest problem with that moment is slam the brakes on at least. <laughs> Was he too far to just like, I'll just put the brakes on? You know, it might have been, it might have been, it was, like he wasn't, he was so frantic that he couldn't pro- like process that thought properly. Maybe. Or maybe cars didn't have brakes yet in the 1950s. <laughs> I think it was a, it was a Ford Mercury. I think is, I think that was the car. Oh really? Cool. Shit, we only have like 10 minutes left. Man, let's <laughs> we we don't have to be constrained by 10 minutes. Going. All right, cool. Um, this is Jack. Yeah, he oh, fucking he dies. Now he's now now he haunts now he's haunting that fucking bluff forever. Yeah, not really. That's not part of the movie. That's my head cannon. I was like, <laughs> the way this the way this movie ends is like it's not what I thought was going to happen. And I was like, oh, so the, the, their life just keeps going after this. Anyway, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but that's in my head. I was like, oh, well, he's, he's haunting that bluff now. So all the kids that go there to play go on a chicky run are going to get haunted by Buzz from now on. I really like Buzz. I really like the way he looked. He played the most non-threatening leader of a pack character. While still and I, like imposing. It was imposing and menacing, but also like I can see why he wanted to be bros. Yeah. Jim. Yeah. It, it wasn't that bad. The stabby thing really wasn't that menacing. It was weird. It was definitely weird. But it plays into the whole like they're not going to they have nothing better to do than r- risk it all. <laughs> for a girl. Well, it wasn't for a girl, though. Kinda. I don't think. Well, it's for masculinity. Yeah. Okay. Which is usually related to a girl. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> so, anyway, he fucking flips out. They they drive all. He he drops her off. She's. I can see her swooning right now. She's <laughs> like, oh yeah, baby. Uh, Jim and Plato are like, what are we going to do? And Jim's just kind of like, I don't care. I don't have many feelings. I'm an antagonist from well, a Japanese cool. role-playing game. When, what? Oh, when he gets home, he tells his parents what happens and that he wants to tell the cops. But yeah. his parents don't want him to go to the cops. It seemed like almost the opposite of what, you know, parents are. <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was funny that he immediately just tells his parents everything. Yeah. He was just like, yeah. This is what happened. All this happened. And his mom is horrified. And his dad's like, well, you know, like, well, I mean, let's just uh, keep it on the down low and just uh, not uh, rock the boat too much. Uh, as you can see, I've married a nightmare person. And uh, I, I didn't want to just, because we skipped over that scene too, where Jim gets home before he goes back out. And I don't know why, just as an aside, Jim keeps, every time he has like, his emotional moments always come when he's standing in front of the fridge, slamming milk, just, just slamming a fucking liter of milk. A glass. Anyway, a glass liter of milk. So it looks very non-homogenized. Like the fat is, <laughs> the fat is at the top. Uh, but he goes, he hears like a crash, and his dad is like bringing a whole meal to his mom. Yeah, he's wearing like the fucking wearing the apron, like the woman's apron. It's very bizarre. He's he's the most pussy whipped individual i think i've ever seen ever yeah um and he's like you gotta do something about- i don't like seeing my dad like this this is fucking weird yeah he's like oh i'm more son he's like they yeah they joke that he dropped it and then and then he's like oh i better pick it up he sees it and he's like no like letters leave it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let me see it and i like how 
when at the end of that, when he's like, he's like trying to pick him up and he's trying to find the words, but he can't think of them and walks off. I felt that was really, that felt really real and genuine. That usually, yeah. usually in like movies these days, there'd be a little bit more dialogue going there, but I like the way that they did that. Yeah. He just slammed the milk on the, the video that I'm watching in the background here. The movie? I like milk. I like the, I like milk. Um, I, uh, uh, you know what? I, I kind of, I don't like, I mean, like, I never really drank milk on its own, but I definitely cereal a lot. And then you drink the milk at the end. Uh, people who never finish off their milk drive me insane. Like the bottoms is like the best part where all the good set. Crazy, crazy people out there. Uh, but like, I don't really drink milk anymore. Sometimes I'll put some in my coffee. I put a little bit of cream in my coffee, but I'll, like, I will drink glass of milk. Sometimes like Madison will Chalk- after buying it. Oh, I'll, all day with the chocolate milk. Regular milk, though, I can't enjoy it without having a glass of it. Like, it's hard to explain. Yeah, I like it. Sometimes Madison has to buy regular milk for like a recipe, but she's not going to use the whole shit. Recently, she bought a two liter of, of non homogenized milk. I've been drinking it like a fucking weirdo. So maybe that's on me. I learned it from watching my dad. My dad loves a glass of milk. My grandfather, both of my, my, my alive grandfather and my deceased grandfather both loved a glass of milk. She bought two liters. Did he eat a liter and a half? No, she needed like a cup. (laughs) But they don't sell not a modernized milk in like a one liter here. At least it's COVID time. So I don't go to the grocery store. I just go to the shop, like the closed shoppers on my block. So it's closer because it's closer and grocery stores fucking wake me up right now. Why? What's the difference between that and the studio? Because it's more, there's more people at the grocery store. It's bigger. Doesn't your No, the shoppers is usually pretty dead. I'm telling you. I don't know what it is. I bet we'll do it live together. <laughs> Hold my hand and walk me through the fucking, the fucking grocery store. So, uh, Jimmy goes to tell the cops. I think. Well, before that, she go. Judy goes home. And she's all distraught and she's messed up. Um, and then, yeah. And then we already went through the part where he tells his, his, his folks about everything. Yeah. And, um, he kissed or no. Yeah. The mom like won't even hear it was, it was something I wrote down that I'm noticing now. She doesn't even like, she won't even like register what he's telling her because she's so like oblivious. The reason too is he, did you notice how she's like, I was going to take a sleeping pill, but you weren't home yet. She's clearly all zooted. Yeah. 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 He takes pills to get up in the morning and go to bed at night. There's a lot of stuff in this movie. That's really like, like modern storytelling, like modern filmmaking. I feel like you've enjoyed this movie. and It makes me happy. I liked it a lot. Okay. (laughs) I didn't expect, I expected to be bored. I thought it was going to be in black and white. And I'm fine with that for short movies. They wanted to, they were going to make it. Dude, this movie is blockbuster written all over it. They could re-release it right now and it would still hold. It holds up very well. It's just some of the diet, like some of the language yeah. doesn't. Yeah, there's it doesn't what they call something. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down takes of cake. I don't remember what part that is, but I think Jimmy was off, but was still I think it was I think that's what happened. I, I just wrote down takes piece of cake. But my guess is Jimmy was hissed off, but he still cut himself a cake. I oh, <laughs> Or the tell the cops. Yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, he goes to the police station. The goons see him enter. He just wanted to go in there and talk to Ro- like Roy, but Roy wasn't there. We don't ever really find out why he was going to the police station. He wanted. I to think he was because the, the copper told him if ever you to talk to me. Roy. Yeah, 
but that's as far as that thought went with me. Like I thought he was just going to go ask for advice, but asking for advice would have to mean that he would have to tell the cop what happened. Potentially. He could potentially, he could probably talk around it. He spoke in general. That's true. But as we both know, stitches get snitches. Nope. <laughs> no, that's, that's what the saying is, perf. Uh, yeah, so the cop's not there. The goons lie in wait. Jim calls Judy, yeah. right? Her dad answers, I don't know, no, Jimmy. <laughs> um, so then he goes to see Judy, and the fucked up, the, the they kind of like figure out they like each other, and they talk about being kids, and they talk about how fucked up this all is. The yeah. big thing that I noticed that was written into this movie that kind of blew my mind was Buzz had put a dedicated song on the radio he had dedicated a song to jim and they comes on the radio and it was like this is a song dedicated to jim from buzz i don't he turned off. you didn't catch that you know you turned off the radio like what the fuck what was- uh it was just it was big band music it was big band music at the time but yeah God that called the radio to dedicate a song to jim yeah before he died right before, probably like right before he died they were probably gonna be in the same situation he was with Judy, them chilling and having a good time after. So this is only this is probably only an hour later yeah. at this point. Or an hour and a half later. Hour long would take like it seems like a small town. Also, the the space between the planetarium and that mansion goes from like it looks like pretty far away and in one direction to being like literally next door in another direction. What yeah. whatever. Movie mad. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, fuck. He fucking like tries to strangle his dad too. I love during that last scene. <laughs> definitely... Like stand up for yourself, or I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I wrote haunting because that I was very haunted by that moment. That scene where he grabs him, the energy. No, and the the him turning the radio off because it's like in this next song dedicated to Jim, but from Buzz. I gotta check that out. Because it felt like from it was felt like it was from Beyond the Grave. Yeah, exactly. But clearly, he called it in earlier. That's not how that works. Maybe he did back then. But yeah, usually, it's well. And everyone's calling in to pick their song, and then you know, or maybe he even said, "Can you play it at this time?" Because it would be after the the race. Yeah, because like maybe they both get out and they like kind of shake hands, and then they're all kind of friends. Because even like even when the two cars were over the cliff, Jim didn't know. Jim didn't know it was going to happen. What had happened? He was like, "Where's Buzz?" Remember, like he fucking did not leave his car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Where? Yeah, exactly. He comes up like, "Where's Buzz?" He had a blast. Like, yeah, he felt like it. Like you said, initiation. So, um, the 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 rest of the gang. So Crunch and Goon. Now Dennis Hopper supposed to Buzz's right hand man, Crunch. But though Dennis Hopper used to go with Natalie Wood at the time. But the director, I guess, uh, hooked up with her or was hooking up with her or some shit like that. And Dennis Hopper caught them and got pissed and, uh, I guess, challenged them to a fight. And the director's like, fuck you, you're fired. <laughs> but that uh, um, uh, Paramount or whatever was like, no, you know, you got to keep this guy in it or whatever. And so instead of firing him, they gave him like uh, that 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 third third good role or whatever you want to call it kind of thing. Crunch? Yeah. French roll and goon. Those are but fucking they, great they, goon names. Awesome. Yeah. So then we get goon, uh, sorry, Plato rolling up to his house. The goon squad sees him. They rough him up a bit. They steal his uh, address book. Yeah. Mind you, he didn't write it. 
in the line. He <laughs> three different address um, uh, sections to write one address. That's for the, that's because it's a movie, you see. And you need to be able to see it on camera. But still, it drove me insane. <laughs> uh, so then we we get a moment with Plato that was really bizarre, where he he like gets pushed into his house by the goons. The the housekeeper scares them away. And he just runs upstairs and starts looking through like mail and pulls out a check for six hundred and ninety-seven dollars, which I assume is his like the child, money. It was, it was it was child support from his dad. Okay, so he knows that the dad's never coming back. Then he pulls back the sheets and finds a gun. Yeah. Uh, was this his parents' room? His mom. So when I was first watching it, I'm like, whoa, why is Plato's room, you know, lace pink? Yeah, like furly and pink and. Yeah. No, it was his mom's room. Yeah. Okay. So she has a gun just in her bed. And yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't know why it would go back into the same spot so you get access to it again. But anyway, he grabs the gun and leaves. Uh, so the goons have the address book. They go to Jim's house. They, the weirdest fucking yeah. thing I've ever seen. They knock on the door repeatedly. And his parents, Jim's parents are kind of like, they're just kids. They'll go away. I don't, I don't want to deal with this. And the dad's like, or the mom's like, no, we have to go see what is happening. Yeah, and the dad's like, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to mess around with that. He goes to the door, he looks through the thing, and they're not there. I don't know how he didn't see what what happened, but looks, he's like, who's there? Nobody didn't see. Opens the fucking door, and there's a chicken hanging there, a live chicken. And then the goons are just like standing off, kind of in the distance, being like, hey, yeah, I will teach him. Just didn't teach him anything. It's weird them out. So then they like home invade him. Basically, he's like, he's not here. He's not here. Yeah. And then. Another funny scene is like they go back to be like his gym here somewhere, and Plato shows up, and the dad's like, "Who are you?" Because <laughs> they've never met each other. Which I was like, "This is uh, this is great because in a lot of movies they don't this continuity stuff like doesn't get addressed." But the fact that the dad is like, "Who are you?" was great. Like that was excellent storytelling because I've seen movies where there's two characters that never have never met each other. And for some reason, they're talking to each other like they've known each other the whole time. Yeah. So that was great. Plato's like, uh, this is bad. Like, this is a bad place to come. Uh, he bounces. Um, uh, Plato realizes he, they probably went to, uh, they probably went to that mansion because back when Judy and Jim were having that conversation, he's like, I noticed the abandoned mansion that Plato wanted to take me to after the planetarium. You want to go up there and, uh, you know, finger each other's bubbles, whatever can do. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't it wasn't overly sexual between them they don't even they kiss like twice once that i can remember but yeah he kisses her on the forehead and then they like finally kiss and then they kiss at the like very very end okay okay yeah um that scene when they're laying together she has a weird look in her eyes yeah and put my finger on yeah so this is the last sequence here um then we'll wrap her up like we're only gonna go about 20 minutes over so I just, my thing is I don't want people to have to like sit through an hour and a half. That's fair. You know what I mean? Anyway. We should talk about format before the next one. Like in between, like off camera? Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. We spent a lot of time asking each other how our week was. Um, <laughs> so we get to the little election. <laughs> I can't, that's the problem. If we could do this like podcast, yeah. if we did this like a podcast, we could cut that, but since it's what live. Do I need for a podcast? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh plato shows up they all pal around uh is what i wrote down because basically like 
Jim, J- James Dean and, and, and Judy get inside by breaking the window. And then Plato shows up and he like looks through the broken glass. He's like, hey, what's going on? Emma back and forth. And he's like, I'm here with Judy. Come on in. Then they, the three of them pal around and pretend they're a family. They just run around with like grab ass. It really reminded me of like in a movie where like the, the main group of friends get stoned or drunk for the first time. Yeah. But there was no drug or there's no drug or alcohol abuse in this whole movie. Back then. Like just feeling out at night was enough. <laughs> um, they're fucked. They have a weird family dynamic dynamic. Uh, and that's, this is when I realized it's kind of like the breakfast breakfast club. Then Plato falls asleep face down in the, in the dirt. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, and the other two go explore. So then the goons show up. They they go in, they see what's going on, they find Plato. Yeah. Plato manages to get stuck in the pool, like backed into the pool, the empty pool yeah. that they were paddling around in a minute ago. Whips and then like tube of some sort, like a hose. Yeah, he pulls out a hose and he's like fending them off with a hose. Now, everybody who is supposed to be sixteen in this movie, except for Plato, looks like they're twenty five. Plato actually looks like a kid. Well, Natalie it, it was sixteen. Um, I don't remember how old the actor. He looked six. He looked fourteen. Yeah. Um. So they chase each other around. Then, uh, he somehow escapes and he hides with the gun. He's got the gun. He hides with the gun. Yeah. Then the police. We see the police are in the area. They see that there's been a, like a break in at this place, and the goons keep searching. And Plato is fucking wigged out. He's losing it, and he shoots one of the goons. The goon's coming down the stairs. He fucking shoots him. I think it was Chris or Crunch or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, and then he takes a shot at Jim, who's coming. He's like, heard the commotion. Come, comes around a corner, gets shot at, misses, luckily. Uh, and then that's when um, the cops actually show up. Jim sees the cops, and he tries to get the fuck out of there. Uh, and Jim and Judy are trying to like escape in the bushes and trying to like get away from there. Uh, but then Jim realizes like uh, he just Plato just wants a family, so I'm the only person that can talk to him right now. So it all it all comes to a head when they run all run to the planetarium, which like I said is like is it one mile away or is it ten feet away? Because they it made it like the, some real in, in, continuity error there. Yeah, but it's fine. They could have like it could have the host could have been closer than it seemed, and they could have just like run like if the host was here like out here in the planet. Oh, sound anyway. They could have run around, and it could have been closer that way. That's the only way it made sense in my head. That planetarium, though, is a very famous planetarium. It's in Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, it still exists to this day in Los Angeles. Um, really very cool looking. I didn't know it was a planetarium until this movie. I don't know if it was just that at one point. And it's been other things or what. Yeah. Uh, so they Plato breaks into the planetarium. Then the cops show up. Then Jim and Judy run into the planetarium, and they sort of back down Plato into where the the original movie or the display, I guess it would be called, took place. And Plato kind of won't come out of his hiding space. And Jim's like, "Look, look, bud, you got to come out. Can't talk to you if you're hiding." And he coaxes the gun away from him. He's just let me hold it for a sec. Let me hold it. Let me take a look. And he fucking gets the clip out and stashes the clip, yeah, which nice. is excellent. And gives the he kind of does that thing where he like hands him the gun, but like when Plato goes to grab it, he just like 
conversationally doesn't hand it to him a little bit. And I thought there was going to be a whole thing where there was still a gun in the, a bullet in the chamber. Yeah, that's not. What did you think that too? Because that's that's the only reason I thought that they were doing this moment. I had a thought that there might have still been one of the two. But I guess not, because what ends up happening is Jim runs out because Plato's like, it's too bright. They're shining lights in here. I'm freaked out. Yeah. Jim's trying to be like, they're your friend. They just want to help. Turn on Jim goes light. out. He's turned off the lights, goes back, gets Plato to the door, and they see the glint of the gun because yeah. Plato's holding it against his chest still. And Jim's trying to be like, I have the clip. Like it's it's all good. And play, uh, Jim runs out or walks out slowly with his hands above his head. And I was like, he's wearing a white shirt. I was cinematically, I was like, fucking Jim's dead. And I thought, I re- even wrote in here, I was like, I can't tell if Jim is going to get shot or Plato is going to get shot. Uh, they were Plato- supposed to get shot. Oh, really? Yeah, there is a different ending. Uh, written. Oh, crazy. Because what does have it happen? Is Plato runs out with the gun in his hand, and they the cops are cops, so they fucking shoot him, yeah, and kill him instantly. Just hey, like today, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, that's my cousin, uh, New Jack, the professional wrestler New Jack, passed away today. He was a piece of shit, so he won't be missed. Um, rest in power. Uh, <laughs> um, so Jim obviously feels extremely, uh, extremely guilty. There was no communication, but it was a really tense situation. I wouldn't have been surprised if all three of them got shot. Yeah, honestly, it was so tense. Uh, and his dad is his the him and his dad finally have that moment that you know his dad is like consoling Jim, and his mom yeah. tries to he's like just stop, just stop for a minute, and yeah. you finally get that moment where his dad finally stands up for himself, and then fucking Judy and Jim just get into a cop car in peace and I guess have a life I- together. Uh, Judy, like, I gotta point something out. The yeah. last thing I wrote was, "What a day!" <laughs> this all happened. Was this all one day? It's the night before this day is when they're all in jail, and then the next day is this day. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is quite a day. That they're talk, they they talk multiple times about how they love each other, and they met today. <laughs> multiple times. It's like, you know, I. At the very beginning, she says some shit to him, and he's like, well, I love you, too. They just oh, met. Okay. Later, later, she's like, is this what it means to love somebody? Do we love each other? And he's like, then he kisses her. Yeah. And then they leave together at the end after this horrible thing happened to Plato. So, like, what a day. It did. I did. Like, I do find it has a, just got it ends on a weird story. Uh, so what was what was the alternate ending? Uh, they both got signed. Oh, and then it, Judy's just like, bah! Uh, <laughs> I want him. <laughs> wow. So that's uh, Rebel Without a Cause, Kalen. We gotta, I'd say we got a couple minutes here to kind of wrap up and talk about our feelings. L- let me do a quick speed route. Let me do a quick speed route. Okay. Okay. So we talked about the inspiration it was based on. Uh, there, was a, there was a draft that was written by doctors, uh, funny enough. Uh, Brando almost started. I saw Buzz was Brando when I first saw him, but then yeah, obviously it isn't him. But he almost started. Almost started it as uh, Jimmy. Uh, okay, and so it's kind of interesting that you know uh, he's James Dean's hero or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, um, I mentioned about how it has kind of like that Romeo Juliet inspiration. Uh, Natalie Wood 
So the director, like she was like trying like, so she was like a child actor. And, and then this part came along and she wanted, it's like, oh man, I gotta get that part. And the director's like, oh, you're, you're, you sweet. You're Dee Dee Bopper. You're not, this isn't you or whatever. And, um, and then, so she got in an accident, um, and she was at the cop station or whatever. And she called the director to come pick her up instead of like her parents or whatever. Right. And, um, one of the officers called her uh, juvenile delinquent. And then so direct comes back up. It's like, she just called me juvenile delinquent. Can I have the part now? And, uh, <laughs> and also they hooked up. And so uh, what else we got on here? Uh, I, talk, I talked about the East Eaton and Giant. Uh, the, so to audition the extra like gang member guys or whatever, they had like a hundred of kids, a hundred or so, like a couple hundred kids come into audition for it which they eventually whittled down to, I think it was about 50-ish or something like that. And then they had them, like, basically tell them, go get in the fight. Like, pretend, like, kind of have a real fight, but, like, get in the fight. To... He had them all switchblades, and they were like, nope, go poke. He's white. I, I don't think they did <laughs> switchblades, but they definitely, like, threw each other into cars and shit. Like, they, anyway, got whittled down to, like, the, the lot that we see. Uh, we talked about how it, was, it started out as black and white, but then... Yeah, CinemaScope had their uh, claws or whatever in the contract has to be color. Uh, uh, Jimmy had a lot of, uh, like, say on set as far as, like, direction and whatnot. Uh, we talked about Dennis Hopper and Natalie Wynn and uh, We talked about the, so the, when they had the Switchblade fight, they were real. And uh, Jimmy um, got cut with on one of the takes or whatever. And then so the director saw that he was bleeding it was, and called cut. And then fucking Jimmy got pissed. It was like, don't fucking ever say cut i'll tell you what the cut i wanted to use that to get the to make it real or whatever kind of thing or whatever blah 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 right <laughs> uh, the original opening for it some guy like not anyone specific to any of the characters but like some dad or something was walking home at night with uh some like easter gifts and he gets uh uh attacked by some gang kids or whatever and so the stuff that jimmy's playing with is the shit that he dropped and then uh, we talked about the ending. They were both supposed to die. Uh, T-shirt sales scored. Uh, the the abandoned house, the the lady who owned it, the pool she basically got for free for like letting people film there or some shit like that. Okay. Uh, uh, there was a nuclear explosion the night of the chicky race, uh, not too far away from where they were. Uh, uh, and then Tommy was so loved the movie. Tell you loved he's his favorite shit he based his whole career around it so that's my speed run i uh i loved it that was a great speed round i would give that movie um solid 3.5 i don't want to cop out and feel like i do that to every movie but you know i'll say i'll say 3.8 i'm not going to give it a four because uh it's it, there's some real bad stuff it's also old so a lot of filmmaking there's living a lot of filmmaking that has really stepped up its game for the time, it's a four, but my but like my rating would be a three point eight. Okay, I'm being generous. The... I do. I did watch the 1080p version of it uh, in color, and and it looks it pops. It looks so good. Um, and the, there's, there's some stuff that I didn't care for. It's a little bit long. It's a little bit boring in part. They could have probably cut out 15 minutes, and it wouldn't have changed the, the movie. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. Thank you for the recommendation. Oh yeah, the I uh, I'm all I'm drawn to troubled eat or whatever, like trying to find their place in life or whatever and shit like that. And 
Um, so definitely uh, speaks to me on that level. Uh, it is, um, I guess you could say dated, um, but definitely for its time, like I might even put it a little bit higher than a four. Uh, I'm entertained by it every time. Like I could watch it. Uh, it is a little slow. I'd agree with you there. It is a little slow, but I can still watch it now and still entertained by it. Uh, I, uh, I'll give it a, I kind of want to say four. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I can see that. Well, we will be back probably sooner than later again uh, with a, another premium selection for us to talk about. Um, we went a little long, but that's okay. We're going to do our best to make sure that people want to come through and check us out. Uh, we don't have any real social media for this yet. Basically, it's just my Instagram, but maybe we talk about um, figuring out a way to move this to a website or something. So it's, we're here queer get used to it uh or hey have you hey have you seen this hey did you see this one hey did you see this one for hey did you see this one i've been jason and this has been kaylin <laughs> we we watched roll without a cause we'll uh we'll catch you next time dun, dun, dun. bye